0: This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason
1: Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Friday, November 13th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton teamed up with the man who is here simply because today is Friday the 13th and his name is Jason.
2: Seriously, this is this is why I'm here today, just to do this, (laughs) by the way. This mess still smells from the last time we did this bit.
1: (laughs) Jason Shepard, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Shepard. Wow. Happy
2: Friday the 13th, Jason. Yes, Yes, thank you very much. It's one of those weird days that, (laughs) you know, I don't know if you're superstitious or not, but you just, you you get a little nervous about days like this. In the year 2020? Yeah. Well, look, let's be honest. This whole year could be a Friday the 13th.
1: It's very true. It's been one long (laughs) Friday the 13th year. By the way, here's, look. This mask, as I mentioned, we've we've done this bit before. Where I,
2: the last time was Friday the 13th. I was on the show. Why does our producer Ben still have this in his office? <laughs> you I never was know actually when you're on need the a Random spooky goalie mask. Is this how he conducts like uh, like student interviews? Over Zoom. <laughs> Welcome to the Zoom meeting. <laughs> it's Like so, you want to raise, huh?
1: <laughs> Yeah, who's, who's going to ask for a raise with that <laughs> right. on, right? <laughs> it's actually pretty well played by Ben when yes. you think about it. From the intimidation factor right? is really ramped up. Oh, what a great start to the show. And here is your Friday the 13th show lineup. The brand new BYU men's basketball non-conference schedule out for all to see. Is it as terrifying, Jason, as head coach Mark Pope says it is? Speaking of Mark Pope, he'll join us live today and explain why he feels the anxiety he does about the approaching non-conference schedule and the state of his program. Plus, it's a blissful bye week for BYU football. There have been a bunch of canceled and postponed college football games, but that won't stop us from some serious scoreboard watching. We have the latest rootables to help BYU and a very special surprise in honor of Master's Week. It will be electric. Just watch the whole show. Here are today's BYU Sports Station headlines. BYU basketball
2: released its 11-game non-conference schedule last night, which begins with Westminster on Wednesday, November 25th. BYU will also face Utah, San Diego State, USC, and others before beginning West Coast Conference play at the end of December.
3: Head coach Mark Pope said, Cougar fans, he needs your help. That's the type of schedule that gets you fired. So pray for me. Pray for us. We're so excited. It doesn't get any better than this, guys. Let's go hoop.
2: What was so much fun about that is nobody knew that was coming. That was just yesterday's Zoom. He's like, hey, you want me to unveil the schedule? And we're like, yeah, do it, thinking that maybe it was a joke. And he did. And then
1: he, and then he unveiled the schedule. It was really cool. Heaven bless Mark Pope. He's great. He's and in great. in the words of uh, BYU basketball radio analyst Mark Durant, hoop, there it is. Nice. BYU announces fan attendance for the BYU football versus North Alabama game saying it will be limited to players and coaches' families only. Those families allowed in will be significantly distanced from each other. No decisions on fan attendance for the BYU home finale in 2020 on December 12th against San Diego State have been made. We will let you know as soon as we hear.
2: Another busy weekend for Cougars in the National Football League. Jamal Williams and the Green Bay Packers take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Fred Warner and the 49ers travel to New Orleans to take on Taysom and the Saints. Sione Takitaki and the Cleveland Browns host the Houston Texans. While Michael Davis and the L.A. Chargers will travel to Miami to face the Dolphins, Kyle Van Ooy not expected to play in that game after being put on the reserve COVID-19 list.
1: The first round of the first-ever November Masters Tournament concluding this morning in Augusta, Georgia. Honorary Cougar Tony Finau posting a 3-under-par opening round of 69 devolved himself into early contention. No surprise there. He's four shots off the leader. 2003 Masters champion and BYU alumnus Mike Weir teed off uh, 42nd place at approximately 1019 Eastern, so just uh, under a couple of hours ago. And Weir began his second round Uh, along with Tony Finau about the same time. So all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're
0: talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation.
1: Freaky Friday. BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope is very much weary, as you just heard, of the non-conference schedule his staff wrangled together amidst a global pandemic. And with the likes of USC, potentially UConn, Utah, at Utah State, San Diego State, all on an accelerated timeline. It's understandable why he feels trepidation. But which of those is the scariest game?
3: It really is a terrifying schedule. If you think about it, we got to start the season, we got three games in four days. And then we go away from home, USC, UConn, Utah State, those three games in five days with traveling across the country and then Boise State, who might be the best team we play. Wow, Boise State on that list might be the best team
1: BYU plays. But will Hank Bachmeyer be playing in that game? (laughs) Because that'll change everything, apparently. If he's the point guard, watch out. They're a different team. Jason, on a scale of 1 to 10, how terrifying is the BYU basketball non-conference schedule? Look, I'm
2: going to say 7. I'm going to give it a 7. And what has my attention more than the opponents that BYU will face, and there's certainly some very formidable opponents that BYU face in the non-conference, it's the number of games in a short period of time. And you heard Coach Pope talking about it. You start things off, three games in four days. Then you have another time where it's three games in five days. That includes travel from the East Coast. To me, that's... What catches my eye more than anything else, it's the short period of time in which you are condensing all of these games in. You have multiple games or multiple weeks where you have three games in a week. And, you know, obviously when you get into conference schedule, you get into that rhythm of two games a week. It's a Thursday and it's a Saturday and sometimes you'll add maybe a Monday or a Tuesday, but more times than not, you're just playing two games a week. Now, these MTEs change things up a little bit where you're in a tournament and so you're playing back-to-back days. Look, you have opponents like Utah, San Diego State, Utah State, and Logan, as you mentioned. I mean, these are good teams, but for me, it's less about the opponents because I think there's enough talent on this roster. Even though we've not seen them together for an entire season, I think there's enough talent on this roster. They're going to be able to handle – Opponents. That doesn't mean that we're going to be able to win every game. But I think they're good enough to be able to to take on these teams. I'm not concerned about that. The thing that catches my eye is just that number of games in a short period of time. That's what makes this terrifying for me.
1: Yes, and the three games in five days, as was heavily pointed out by Mark Pope, jumps off the page, right, especially when you go across the country. You're always going to be in Connecticut. Right to play USC on December 1st, and I think UConn will beat Vanderbilt, which would put BYU two days later playing UConn in a de facto road game. Essentially, yes. But there will be no fans. It's weird. It's all weird, right? They're going to be in a bubble. So BYU has three games in five days, but the game that he mentioned, Boise State, that's a fourth game in eight days. It's not like BYU has this long extended break when they come home from the MTE and then they have to play at Utah State in Logan. Then they have three days to get ready for Boise State, at least that game's in the Marriott Center, and BYU will have the comforts of a home field. But that four-game stretch right there, Jason, will make or break BYU's early season NCAA tournament resume status. Do you remember what happened the last time BYU faced Boise State in basketball? I do remember that. They lost. They didn't have Yoli Childs, but they still probably should have won that game. That, that was the game. We all remember the
2: heroics at Houston. Mm-hmm. After that game was the game at Boise. So, so the Boise loss was sandwiched in between two big wins. You had the win over Houston, and then you had the first win over in the, the Maui Invitational against UCLA. So Coach Pope and the staff, they're aware of what Boise State is. I was a little surprised he said that they'll be the best team they'll face. I, I have not read up a ton on Boise State. I, I did not expect to hear that. But if Coach Pope is saying they're going to be that good,
1: this is a team that's already beaten them last year. Yeah, if I had to put a number value to it, I'm with you. About a 7 or an 8, just because of the number of games in the number of days. Every, but the thing is, everybody's playing an accelerated schedule. Yes, And if you want to impress the committee, you got to go out and challenge yourself. So there are a number of other teams, Utah State, San Diego State, Boise State, Utah, that are all going to be in somewhat similar situations to BYU. They're going to have to handle it, too. So that makes me feel a little bit better about it. But the fact that BYU has to play a majority of these early tough games on the road, that's tough. The travel days, you think, oh, just show up and play basketball. It it takes a toll, man. It it is a big factor. So uh, while Mark Pope is good natured about it and has some fun with it, like there there's some real honesty there about having to go on the road and then travel and push those games into a short and condensed amount of time. Absolutely. All right, let's switch gears. Talk a little BYU football. After
2: playing eight games total and seven weeks in a row. BYU gets to sit back and watch the rest of college football play, at least those teams that will actually play. Obviously, there's been a lot of cancellations or postponements. One recently, right as we went on the air, another Pac-12 game canceled. Uh, Cal and Arizona State, was Brett McMurphy reported, that game is done. Uh, it's not gonna, they're not going to play it because of, of COVID issues. So they'll at least be able to watch the teams that do play. Does BYU benefit – from not playing this weekend, or is it a missed opportunity to be seen?
1: So, strangely, with all of the cancellations and postponements, it has become not that big of a deal that BYU's not playing, Jason. Weirdly. And it, it's beyond just this week. There has been this pressure for BYU to go out and maybe schedule another game. Oh, man, you don't want to be off the national radar between November 21st and December 12th when everyone's playing their most prominent games. We are pushing toward a trend of... Many of those games not being played, even when BYU is going to have an extended layoff. It's only a one-week layoff this week. It's no big deal. BYU just played seven games in a row. They vaulted themselves into the top ten. And now a bunch of the top ten teams aren't even playing this weekend either. So there's just not going to be a ton of movement at the top. So BYU will get back on the radar November 21st against North Alabama, live on BYU TV, biggest game ever on BYU TV based on the Cougar status right now. But it's It's okay. And pushing forward, now I feel like they don't need to add another game. Like I have I have changed my stance because so many games are being canceled, and I think will be canceled over the next few weeks. BYU doesn't have to feel the pressure to add another game. They're gonna play 10 games when most teams are not gonna be close to that. Yeah, and that's that is a benefit for BYU. And you and I are on the same page
2: with this. I, I think heading into this week, I was a little concerned about the national spotlight not being able to be on BYU because they didn't play. But the more cancellations and postponements that you see coming out and being made public, I I just think that that concern is significantly less because you've had – look, here's the other thing. You have a lot of these teams that are high in the rankings that haven't played but have stayed there. And – so BYU is getting enough national attention, and you're already in the top ten. You're the number eight team. We'll see what happens you know, over the, over the weekend in terms of, of where they end up on Sunday. But I, I just don't think it is as important anymore. If I have to say it's a benefit or a missed opportunity, I will say it's a benefit Only because I think it allows you to get healthy. And I'm talking specifically about guys like Zane Anderson and Lopini Katoa. It gives you an opportunity to not have to go through the rigors of a game. Gives you yourself two weeks to be able to get healthy. From that aspect, I think it's certainly a benefit. This bye week came at actually a really good
1: time for BYU. Yeah, weirdly, I don't think BYU needs to schedule another game now. Listen to this list. It's not just cancel games. It's who is having their games canceled. Number one Alabama at LSU. Postponed. Number three, Ohio State of Maryland, canceled. Texas A&M, postponed. Georgia, postponed. Coastal Carolina, postponed. Auburn, postponed. This is wild. And uh, BYU is strangely benefiting from this because there are just so many big-time teams not playing like the Cougars. All right, our voice of the day now answering this question. What is more terrifying, it being Friday the 13th in the year 2020 or the BYU basketball non-conference schedule? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, and go to Voice of the Nation.
0: This is the Voice of the Nation
1: on BYU Sports Nation. At Tire answers on Twitter. Scariest thing about this non-conference is BYU has one, maybe two, Quadrant One games, little room for error. Well, that, that may be true, but I don't, I don't know, Jason. I, I don't know what, what these teams are ultimately going to become. Yeah. I think there might be more than we have to two. let
2: we have to let it play out a little bit before we truly know where these teams will fall ultimately. Horse
1: tire added, but last Friday the 13th, COVID shut everything down. So I'm going to go with Friday the 13th in 2020 as being more scary overall.
2: Yeah, amen to that. Coming up, social media had some fun last night during the Boise State game. We will explain
1: that unbeatable on the blue. And BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope joins us to discuss this year's terrifying schedule. How do the Cougars respond with some terror of their own? It's BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Saturday, November 21st, watch BYU
2: Football, host North Alabama, live on BYU TV and the BYU TV app with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, and Jerem Jordan on the traditional broadcast. There will also be a second-screen experience stream on the BYU TV app featuring Spencer Linton, David Nixon, and Mitch Matthews with commercial-free conversations throughout the game. I also pitched a third-screen experience, with, and that's just me sitting in the BYU radio booth uh, okay. by myself. With the Jason mask on. No Jason mask. Um, I, I did not hear anything back on that, so I'm going to assume that's not going to happen.
1: So, <laughs> How about your proposal to get your picture in on the promos for the BYU radio Is that happened yet? Has that happened yet? Am I? Because the, the photo... The original photo, I have that. <laughs> you know I'm Team Jason in this regard, Shep. I'll do my part. Thank you. Okay? I appreciate do it. My part. I appreciate it. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day <laughs> BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside a very solemn <laughs> Jason Shepherd. Oh, Let's boy. bring the energy up, shall we? Absolutely. BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope has been the center of our conversation this morning with the Cougars releasing their non-conference schedule for 2020-2021. He joins us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Coach, welcome back to the program. You look like one of
3: the Beastie Boys. Are you going to break out Intergalactic in a second? Hey, hey, what's up, guys? It's – listen – I got a bunch of stuff for you this morning. That's really, really important to all of Cougar Nation. First of all, I got to wear the beanie in the office because it's we're in two-a-days, and you get you just don't sleep that much, and so you got to keep the, the, the office cold so you stay awake, right? <laughs> okay. But here's the thing. I jumped on the Zoom call, and I can see myself right now, which is the worst on Zoom calls because you end up staring at yourself the whole time, right? It's really awful. <laughs> but then I'm like, I got I got a royal blue beanie on with... With a navy blue uh, jacket, and so I'm like, that can't. Isn't this a controversy now? You can't. So I literally got on. I ran to, I ran to the, <laughs> to my locker to get the neck because you can't wear royal. Can you wear royal and hey, navy? Kalani together?
2: does that. That's Kalani's
3: look. He goes Kalani, with Kalani. Kalani got so much swag. First of all, <laughs> he's coaching it. Top 10 ranked football team in the country. He's one of the best dancers on the, I mean, he's got, he's swagalicious. So he can wear anything he wants. I just don't
1: know if I can pull it off. No, it's a fair point you bring up. Cause not many people can pull off wearing Royal blue with Navy. It's that's rarefied air. That's the Kalani effect for sure. Coach, but man, I mean, Hey, if you listen, you, you beat Gonzaga you last year. on okay. Night. You
3: make the rules.
1: You, you beat Gonzaga last year on senior night. So maybe that grants you the exception to wear Royal with, Navy blue. Maybe. (laughs) Are you
2: taking it personally, by the way, that the last two times you've been on this show, Jerem has taken the day off.
3: Uh, Well, listen, I don't understand. I thought we were boys. (laughs) He produces the coaching show. Like, I think he's so mad at me that we didn't win an Emmy. I told him for sure. I guaranteed him an Emmy win last year and we didn't get one. I think he's a little salty about that. (laughs)
1: We'll have to follow up on that. In the meantime, you put out what you called a terrifying non-conference schedule yesterday for BYU basketball. And as terrifying as it is, you also said it's very exciting. What was it like compiling that schedule based on all of the difficulties that go into scheduling regularly, not to mention the COVID-19 pandemic?
3: Yeah, it's it's been super challenging. I think for everybody in the country, you know, as soon and the, the most complicated piece was as soon as the date change, we went from the 10th to the fifth to the 25th. As soon as we changed the start date, it wiped out half the MTEs in the country. And then the NCAA a couple months ago said, nope, we're still going to have the MTE qualifier for 27 games, which, which essentially means the only way you can play 27 games if you play an MTE, if you don't play an MTE, you only get 25 games, and we all want games, right? So, so then you have to get an MTE to get in the 27, and then we've watched is all the MTEs in Orlando blew up. So many people had expectations there, and everything's changed. Our MTE, of course, blew up, so we had to find a new one. And so not only was it hard for us to find an MTE, but then you're waiting on the other teams in your schedule to get their MTE done because they have to do that first to make sure they get the 27. So it's just been a big kind of domino effect. I think, I think we're seeing some clearing here. Uh, we were super excited to put, a, put out the schedule and just have it done.
2: When you look at it, obviously, there's some really good opponents on there. But Spencer and I were talking about in the previous segment, the thing that really stands out, and everybody's dealing with this, Coach, because everything is, is put into a condensed time frame. But the number of games you play in a very short period of time, how, how difficult is that to prepare
3: for? Well, it's, it's, it's really challenging for us to step But my guys are so excited. They're just like, because it means we can't practice. practice (laughs) we're talking about practice my guys are so hyped they're so tired of practicing right now so so you know the one good thing is you get a lot of games and and uh, you get to grow through games and, and we're really excited about that
1: what's the most difficult part of working through a schedule where you play three games in five days and four games in eight with the likes of USC potentially a UConn in there then you take on Utah State in Logan before returning to take on what you said might be the best team you play in the non-conference, Boise State in Provo.
3: Man, Boise State is going to be good. We just look at their roster and like, my goodness. Um, all those teams are really good. I mean, they're all really, really good. I think the biggest challenge is you, you don't have, you just don't have the luxury of carrying any emotional baggage over the night after a game. Is like you have to somehow condense all the emotions, victory, defeat, uh, things going smoothly, things going poorly, uh, bodies getting banged up. You have this really limited window kind of of that night, post-game night, where you have to wrap up, do an autopsy, completely uh, finish all your post-game stuff because the very next morning you got to go. And you got to be hundred, uh, you know, 100% locked in on the next game emotionally, physically, mentally, and every other way. It's actually a really fun way to uh, to approach a basketball season, uh, but it's really challenging because we do. There's so much emotion involved and so much physicality involved in all these games.
1: Now we learned that there will be a bubble-type implemented scenario in Connecticut for your multi-team event or MTE, but the West Coast Conference recently announced that they're not going to play in a bubble. How do you feel about? playing conference games, not in a bubble scenario, when there is concern about all these potential cancellations and postponements of games when you get together for this type of rigorous physical activity?
3: Yeah, you know, there was a lot of discussion. I'm actually really proud of, of Gloria and the entire kind of WCC commissioner's office uh, because they've really, really been working on kind of coming up with creative ideas to help us get through a season, and as good as bubble opportunities sounded, w- there's no way that we can reconstruct the bubble that was 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 done in Orlando for the NBA. We just we just we don't have the means to do it exactly that way. And so while, like for example, a bubble in Las Vegas. Maybe the upside is, is if everything goes perfectly, you have the best chance of getting through the season. You also have an awful chance of the whole thing blowing up Ugh. because of exposure and the whole thing shutting down. And so, so you know, maybe a safer middle ground, we'll see. I mean, everybody's guessing, but maybe a, a, a safer middle ground is where, you're just kind of having everybody roll through this conference season the best they can. We're not all housed in the same building uh, where one exposure could kind of terminate the whole thing, but maybe it's a, 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 you know, a team loses a couple games here individually rather than the whole conference shutting down. And so I think it's just a calculated risk, but there was a ton of thought that went into it. Uh, Gloria's done a great job kind of leading the conference through this and, and hopefully we're, we're coming up with the best solution possible. And, what we all have seen already is we don't have any idea what we're going to be doing for our conference season, right? Because everything can change in 24 hours. So, you know, maybe, maybe this bubble idea is resurrected. Certainly all the groundwork's been laid, but as of right now, we're trying to move forward with a more normal uh, kind of uh, schedule. The good news coach, is you've been able to practice for a while now.
2: How close to game ready do you think this team is? If you needed to play a game tonight, how ready
3: do you think they are? It's so, so it's really interesting because sometimes you think about how game ready you are and that's the overriding concern. And sometimes you think about how much you just cannot survive another practice before you have a game. Right. (laughs) And so we're somewhere in between we're somewhere we're on this race to try and get to game ready before our guys just say, we, we, we are not, going on this practice floor one more time. We just finished our third week of two-a-days, so we're all feeling that way a little bit. And 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 that's, that's the beautiful motivation to get to games, whether you're ready or not. So I think we're getting close. We have some veteran leadership on the team. The guys are playing really, really well together. We're kind of getting close to the place where we're excited to just lace it up and turn on the lights and go. The only thing that's scary about that is It's not like we get a a game and then we get to evaluate what's going on and kind of fix what was going on in a game. We're just going game, game, off game, right? And so when we start, we know we have to really be ready and have kind of accounted for a lot of possibilities.
1: BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope with us on a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. In terms of health, I know that Wyatt Lowell is touch and go. He's trying to get back and, and be healthy after dealing with a pretty significant injury. Other than that, how is the health of your overall roster?
3: It's, it's, it's shockingly good. Um, usually, you know, usually it's hard to make it through these three weeks, but the guys have done a great job knocking on wood here. Um, our performance staff is elite. Uh, um, coach Eric Shork, our strength and conditioning coach, and, and Rob Ramos, our trainer, have done an unbelievable job. They kind of lead up our whole performance team. And so the fact that we've made it through uh, training camp relatively unscathed is, 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 is really exciting. Uh, and like you said, Wyatt is really close to coming back. We've had some guys with little, little nicks, not long term injuries, and we're hoping to have, uh, you know, really the entire roster back with Wyatt kind of gauging his ability to be physical, you know, for the start of the season.
2: The NBA draft is next week. Yoli obviously is a guy that's in the mix to be drafted. Have you had an opportunity to talk with him? Has he been, what's, what's, the, what's the buzz around Yoli that you're hearing right now?
3: Well, he's interviewed with I think uh, shy maybe three teams shy of every team in the NBA, and, um, and 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 multiple teams a second time, and so he has put he, you know he has worked really hard and obviously had unbelievable success to put himself in a position uh, to be in this draft. Um, you know, it's only sixty guys. It's it's just a ty- it's just such a minuscule number, right, from all over the world. Uh, but he is solidly in this thing, and uh, it's going to be a really exciting night. I think, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of the feedback we're getting is anywhere from from late to early, uh, late first round, early second round, to not in the draft, and and really in that area, it just becomes such a it's it's just so dynamic that anything can happen. So uh, we're really really hopeful. He certainly has earned the opportunity to do this. Uh, and and I think we have a a really good feel for for his opportunity right now Uh, and and it's going to be exciting and if if for some reason his name's not called uh, he's going to go to camp and just uh, destroy some people and and earn earn his way on a team that way so you know he's destined to go play in that league he really believes that we believe that and we're really excited to see how that actually happens
1: you watch one of the all-time greats leave the program in Yoli Childs and uh, just a few days ago BYU basketball announces the newest member of the BYU basketball family Jake Walline who is a local product played at Timview High School we spoke with Jake yesterday he's got a great personality had the hat on backwards pretty relaxed kid what's your impression of Jake Walline not just uh, as a basketball player but as a person and what he brings to the program
3: well, I, I think he's a terrific young man. Uh, I think he's I think he's humble, uh, but I think he's got some belief in himself. Um, I think he loves BYU, and I think he's excited about the opportunity to kind of come, jump in, and and um, throw his his hat into the ring in terms of a guy that's going to try and continue to build this program and and uh, and deliver here um, at BYU. And 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 clearly, he, he's got a, a ridiculous upside. Um, you know, I've talked about this a lot over the last few months. Um, just the sense that um, here's a young man that that you know I watched play uh, for a year and a half, seeing trying to envision him as a four, a power forward, and thinking, yeah, he's a terrific player. And then this summer, watched a ton of film on him playing the one and the two, and and it just changed everything for me. I just think he's got you know, you think he's going to be a six, seven, six, eight, six, nine point guard, two guard, three man with really, really terrific ball skills and incredible mobility and length, both on the offensive and defensive end. Um, I think he has a chance to be a really special player. We're incredibly excited about the player that he can become. Coach, we always
1: appreciate the energy and the enthusiasm you bring to the program. You're a class act, great sense of humor, and don't ever discredit your own personal swag. You're looking pretty swaggy right now.
3: I know that's not true, but, I, hey, keep saying it, man. You keep saying it, people start believing it. <laughs> you know we will. We'll toot that on, my friend. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. All right, boys.
1: Mark Pope on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Look, Mark Pope, he wants to wear Royal and Navy. He can do it. He can do it. Look, do it. Kalani looks great on Kalani. Mark can do that, too. There's nothing wrong with it. Come on. Kalani doesn't care. That's what I love most about it. He just doesn't care what people think about that. He will do what he wants to do. Look.
2: I wear Royal and Navy at the same time. That's why you like it. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Coming up, who should BYU football root for this
1: weekend? And what are the odds that BYU junior quarterback and Heisman Trophy contender Zach Wilson leaves after the season? Or Jason maybe returns for another season? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management.
1: He is Jason. I am Spencer. This is a Friday edition of BYU Sports Nation. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems.
2: Spencer, Boise State beat Colorado State 52-21 last night. and This led to a lot of
1: Boise praise and some Cougar snark along the way. Uh, What was the best snark? you saw last night. Well, first of all, Pro Football Focus College sent out the unfortunate tweet. Did not age well immediately. With the following statement, Boise State is unstoppable on the blue field. (laughs) To which Zach Wilson, BYU's quarterback, responded with a hand over the mouth laughing emoji. Because remember, a week ago, what did BYU do on the Boise Blue? (laughs) 51-17. 51 to 17. They they stopped Boise State is what they did actually. That for me was my favorite. The Zach Wilson tweet with just a single emoji said everything that needed to be said. Yeah, you, you also had uh, Pete
2: Futak, the publisher of college football news, is like yes Boise State wouldn't to, would have been better last week against BYU if Hank Bachmeyer was able to play. No, <laughs> Hank Bachmeyer doesn't play defense. The Broncos got rocked for 573 yards and 51 points. Honestly, it, it really was as <laughs> if they had forgotten what had happened at literally
1: a week prior to on that field. As was pointed out by, like, I don't know, 178 BYU fans on Twitter. <gasps> and the, coaches and players. The quarterback rating for one Hank Bachmeyer was actually lower than the quarterbacks that played against BYU. How is that possible, Spencer? How about that? How about that? Does Hank Bachmeyer make up 34 points?
2: <laughs> Look, I will tell you that the most outrageous thing I saw last night during the broadcast was the fact that they showed a picture of Hank Bachmeyer on a horse who went horseback riding during the spring. Mm-hmm. The announcer said he had to go find a pair of jeans because Hank Bachmeyer didn't own a pair of jeans. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who doesn't own a pair
1: of jeans? You know, in all seriousness, it's amazing that Boise State won big. It's all good for BYU. That was a great outcome for BYU, absolutely. It's all good for BYU. Listen to this. BYU quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick joined the local radio station in Salt Lake City, 97.5 The Zone, and said the following about Zach Wilson and his plans for next year. I guess everybody in the program is aware that that's a possibility. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion yet, but there's a chance he could leave. And uh, if he does, it'll be whatever we'll all be cheering for him. I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that he will leave, Jason. How much you reading into this? Is the mental door for Zach Wilson to return still open? I, look, all
2: I can do is put myself in Zach's shoes I, I, I would be stunned if he came back. It the you're ne- it, the the level to which you were being talked about being drafted, you, you you don't pass that by. You just don't. It's I, not I, yeah. I mean look, until he officially says anything and we're not gonna know anything until the season's over, the door obviously technically still open, but
1: he's not coming back. I've said this several times now. I am happy to support whatever Zach Wilson decides is best for him. He's earned the right to leave early if he wants to do that. And if he does, like Aaron Roderick, we'll all be at the forefront of that train cheering him on. It's going to be incredible. When you're projected, not just by one guy, we're talking about 10 different guys. And by Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, who say... He might be a top 10 pick. Right now, I've got him at 13 or 16, respectively. Some have him as a top five pick. We talked to Eric Edholm, who's the lead NFL draft analyst for Yahoo Sports. He said, right now, top five, I have Zach Wilson going to the Washington football team. Look, I guess stranger things have happened.
2: And again, until anything is official, it's not official. But you certainly would assume he takes that step to the NFL, you yes. would assume.
1: Yes, if Zach decides to come back, then there clearly is something there that we don't know. He he has something very specific he wants to accomplish at BYU, but right now it looks like NFL. During that same interview
2: on the Zone Sports Network, Coach Roderick also gave an update on Jaron Hall.
1: Jaron Hall, very good football player. He's been dealing with an injury. It's not like a super serious thing, but he's been, uh, that's why you guys haven't seen him out there. We just decided to use this season to just get him right physically. I still have a lot of belief and hope in him.
2: Are you surprised there were eight games into the season and this is the first time we're talking about Jaron Hall?
1: No, because Zach Wilson has been so good and BYU has been so good and there's been so much emphasis on winning games and just playing games. No, this makes perfect sense to me. And to credit BYU, it has
2: become a non-factor. Right. Yeah, and look, I mean, we, we've we known that you've seen him on the sideline just in, in normal clothes, so you knew that, that he, he probably wasn't going to play. That's just the first time that we've, we've at least publicly been able to hear something that they're going to just keep him out and let him get healthy this year.
1: On to golf. Mike Weir, remember this, won the Masters back in 2003. I Got do remember. coveted green jacket. Multiple Cougars have won Super Bowl rings, Jason. There have been several Cougars representing the Olympics. With Masters play going on this week and with those big-time professional moments in mind, what's the greatest professional Cougar moment? Moment. See, for me, and this was it's a
2: team sport, obviously, but the moment that came to me first was Steve Young winning the Super Bowl because everybody talked, the the monkey's finally off of his back, and it's the Super Bowl. There's no bigger event than the Super Bowl. I know some people will now say the World Cup, but for me, Super Bowl. And this, that to me is what the very first thing that came up because Steve got a lot of attention for finally getting one that didn't include Joe Montana, meaning a Super Bowl ring.
1: I am shocked that you didn't say Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. That, I just told you the first one that came to my mind was Steve Young. I'm with you on that. It's Steve Young winning the Super Bowl and finally breaking free of the shadow of Joe Montana. He'd been the NFL MVP. He'd done everything but win a Super Bowl. He took care of that. That was a huge moment for him and for all of BYU football.
2: I also just assumed everybody would have... Assume I would go that direction. So a little uh, little switcheroo.
1: Okay. I appreciate that. It is Friday the 13th, you know. Good grief. All right. Coming up, a tradition unlike any other. We celebrate the Masters with a BYU twist. And who is the team to root for if you're a BYU fan this weekend? And I'm guessing that all of you are. Who can help the Cougars the most? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented
0: by The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
2: Download the BYU TV app today to watch the latest studio shows and classic games.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, live from Studio B. It is time now for the Rootables, presented by Bodyguards Protection for a Life Worth Living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Each and every week, we take a look at all of the other teams that are playing around BYU football and determine... Which teams to root for in light of helping BYU and their national status? Very Jason. selfish segment, which Absolutely. I very much
2: enjoy. I enjoy
1: we're, that. We're at the most selfish segment on BYU Sports For BYU. Nation. It's selfish towards BYU. I like it. I Kay. like it. My number one rootable this week okay. is sneaky Boston College taking on Notre Dame. This game will be played in Chestnut Hill, home of the Eagles. And Notre Dame is coming off. Arguably, their biggest win in the last 22 years, Jason. They just took down number one, Clemson. There is often that lull after a huge win, and they got to go on the road. And remember, Boston College was the team that pushed Clemson at Clemson all the way to the wire. This is a trap game, if there ever were a trap game for Notre Dame. Boston College, by beating Notre Dame, could restore order to the college football world. And essentially knock Notre Dame out of any college football playoff consideration and thus help BYU not just maybe rise in the rankings a little bit, but add to the Cougars' growing flame of hope for a college football playoff spot. Okay, that's a good
2: one. Uh, I am going to go with East Carolina at number 7, Cincinnati. For me... I don't see this happening. No, East Carolina is a 27-and-a-half-point underdog. <laughs> but I'm going to root my heart out for <laughs> East Carolina to somehow upset Cincinnati. Look, okay. and in all of the national conversations, Cincinnati and BYU are being lumped together for obvious reasons. You have the G5, you have the Independent. They're being lumped together. So anything that would provide some separation mm-hmm. between Cincinnati and BYU, who are right there, neck and neck, right next to each other in the polls, I think that would be a good thing. It Maybe it a close game? It is extremely unlikely. Likely yeah. that the Pirates can take down the Bearcats, but that is the team I will be rooting for. What if it's a close game? Maybe it gets weird. Maybe, maybe that, that affects some voters, may, right? maybe, but BYU had at least from a score standpoint, one close game and it didn't they still moved up to.
1: Well, UTSA is four-and-four and, four and formidable to a degree. This is one in five East Carolina. Look, we really need to hope that East Carolina. Don't say uh, that. Also, some games to keep an eye on. Virginia Tech hosting Miami. The Hokies are a two-point favorite in that. Miami's number nine. Like, you want the teams right behind BYU to lose as well, to take some pressure off? That's one to keep an eye on. Michigan State, Indiana, another. All right, BYU clearly on a bye. We've talked about it ad nauseum, but we will never take a day off in promoting Zach Wilson's Heisman Trophy campaign. Yes, today's...
0: Strike that pose. It's time for another Wilson for Heisman update.
1: All right, today's Zach Wilson Heisman update
2: features a set of stats that tells us just how good Zach is this year. Wilson is top five in the following stat categories. Be a pro football focus. <laughs> top five in completion percentage, mm-hmm. yards, mm-hmm. yards per attempt, okay. touchdowns, All right. offensive rating, yeah. and passer
1: rating, which, by the way, he is ranked first in the country. That's really good. Cha-ching. All of that is money and potential future big money for Zach <laughs> yes. Wilson. Holy cow. His completion percentage, 74.5, Jason. 2,500-plus yards. But the passer rating, 94.2. It's insanely good. Yeah. His passing efficiency, 201. He, He is pacing to compete with Joe Burrow's NCAA record. That's how good it has been. Just the fact that he's being mentioned in categories being compared
2: to Joe Burrow is... A compliment beyond belief in and of
1: itself. Well, and to be fair to that conversation, Zach isn't exactly on par with Joe Burrow, but when you look at the numbers and we compare these because we're trying to get an idea of what it takes to win the Heisman Trophy and be the number one pick, it's pretty remarkable that Zach's even close to those numbers. I know. I know Joe did it against an SEC schedule, but still,
2: it's impressive. It's very impressive. Coming up, something else that was impressive, a rising shout-out to
1: BYU for wounding Boise's pride and we celebrate a tradition unlike any other with a very special, epic BYU twist. If you've ever watched a segment on the show, watch this one. Don't go anywhere on BYU Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward.
1: BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. All you need to do is Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast and don't forget while you're there to subscribe,
2: rate, and review the show.
1: Amidst the craziness and unprecedentedness of 2020, headlined by COVID, Jason. We've seen so many cancellations, postponements, rescheduling of games and significantly important sporting events. But this weekend, in a way, we are being sports blessed as two of the greatest sporting events, the Masters and college football, crossover. I'm looking forward to this. And we're in the middle of it, Jason. That's right. We get the Masters-college football crossover.
2: And it just so happens that we've been blessed with BYU Want to Buy allowing us as Cougar fans a chance to sit back and enjoy the show. As a primer for the weekend, we give you a tradition greater than any other. BYU football, Masters Moments.
1: Yes, Jason, we start back in the year 1980, when, like Bryson DeChambeau on the t box, Jim McMahon unleashed a bomb as BYU finishes a Miracle Bowl Brigham Young has been here for every one of these bowls. Lost to Navy the first one. Lost by one point to Indiana last year. Down by six now. Three seconds left. Third and ten at the SMU 41-yard line. McMahon, all the way back to his own 46. Throwing for the end zone. Receivers are there. Defenders are there. It is in the end zone. Who has the ball? BYU. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Touchdown. Unbelievable. Touchdown, Brigham Young. An unforgettable moment, Jason. Exhilarating, to say the least. And every BYU fan can tell you exactly where they were when, like Tiger Woods with his 2005 chip shot on the 16th, John Beck took his time and the long route to a winning throw, finding Johnny Harleen in the end zone at Utah.
4: One play for it all. Utah staying in their prevent,
1: staying back. There's room out there.
4: Collie, Maweka, Harleen, Allen, the receivers in the set. Beck's in the gun with Brown. This should be the last snap of the football game. Snap to John. John backpedals. Plenty of time, plenty of time. He's looking left, shuffling, shuffling, all kinds of time. Now the heat comes. He's got to run to the right. Beck is on the run. He throws behind him. It is... Cut for the touchdown, caught for the touchdown, caught for the touchdown. Johnny Harleen got it for the score. Harleen by himself in the end zone. The Cougars win it on the final play of the game.
2: It's one of the best days of my entire life. Or how about the time that, like BYU's own Mike Weir, is a huge underdog, Ty Detmer and the Cougars took down the defending champions and top ranked Hurricanes of Miami.
1: Second and goal at the 7-yard line. Cougar quarterback Ty Detmer, only a junior. Looking to pass for a touchdown. Bounces out of the pocket. Waiting, waiting. Here's the pass. Touchdown. And you've got to give Ty Detmer credit again because he just danced all over the place. They couldn't bring him down, and he finally threw to the end zone. All of those moments deserve a green jacket, Jason. The gallery loved it. Those are your BYU football master's moments.
2: All right, golf clap, golf That was clap, fantastic. Clap, golf clap, golf clap. Oh, that's too loud for a
1: golf clap. Golf. Clap. Well, well done. That was fantastic. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that was. It was so hard to keep a straight face. Oh when my gosh! Those, because there's so much energy and excitement in those <laughs> moments. It reminds me of the commercial that Geico put out. Yes when the Kraken, yes, the Kraken. has attacked yes. the island green and people are in the tentacles. It's <laughs> being thrown about. Whatever. the voice the voiceover guy's like, this course is electric.
2: electric. <laughs> that makes me want to hear more highlights in golf voices. <laughs> because that was that was so good. Oh. Hey. Uh, Do we have oh? The, do, oh, do, do we have. Do any? we go back into. Oh, how about this? I think we all remember 2015. Just off of his mission. A young Tanner Mangum in Lincoln against the
4: Cornhuskers. Last play of the game. Snap Tanner. Backpedal. Sprint out to the right. He's got time. Loads up. Launches it. Goes for the end zone. The ball's in the air and it drops at the goal line. I think he caught it for a touchdown. He got it. He got it. He got it. Touchdown, Mitch Matthews. The Cougars win it. The Cougars win it.
1: Yes. Yes, Greg belt.: Yes, Excellent. Greg the It's majestic. I mean, just an unbelievable, <laughs> as you said, Jason, majestic call of a oh, top great. five moment in BYU football. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> he got it. He got, he got it. it. Mitch Matthews caught it for the touchdown.
2: Great. I, I just love the golf claps in the bag after the touchdown, the yes. Detmer
1: the, the birds chirping.
2: And or, then, the, or the, oh,
1: <gasps> yes. <laughs> yes, the gasp of the crowd. And then there are, like, in golf, there are moments of silence, right? Oh, yeah. So I love particularly during the Miami play where Ty Detmer's under center, and then you just hear, like, the ambiance of the birds. You hear the plane flying over. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ty takes the snap. Oh, that's great. well done. Shout out to our crew. That That, uh, that was fantastic. Well done. Made Friday the 13th way better, right? Amen. That was great. All right. All right. Our question of the day. (laughs) What is more terrifying, it being Friday the 13th in 2020 or BYU basketball, their non-conference schedule? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Why fan answers on Twitter? The only scary part is that six-game stretch just because of how close all of the games are. Nick Robinson did a good job putting together the schedule. There should be around five Quadrant One games. I don't know if there'll be that many. Don't sleep on Texas Southern. They're picked to win their conference. Hashtag BYUSN. All right. Okay. Today's rise and shout-out presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. Yeah,
2: I'm going to go with the BYU football players and coaches challenging the comments last night uh, during the Boise uh, State-Colorado State game. Anytime somebody didn't give BYU credit for the week before, they would chime in, and it was hilarious. It was great.
1: Without question, well done, BYU Twitter. You have succeeded once again. Our thanks to today's guest, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope. The conversation
2: continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag
1: BYUSN. For Jason. No, no, no. This guy. Not, 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 well, not I guess, that I guess guy. Both. I guess both, right? Not that guy. They're both Jasons. Yes. I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to Anson
3: Winder. <laughs> we'll see you on Monday for BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs!